Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. Welcome back to The Motivated Mind, a top 100 health podcast, thanks to each of you. This is episode 267, and I'm your host, Scott Lynch. Thanks so much for listening. If I've brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe or follow button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you want to hear more of, and please be sure to share the podcast. You can learn all the skills in the world, math, business, writing, but the right mindset will always trump them all. It's the great unlock to all other skills. Success and happiness come down to one single component, and that's mindset. In order to achieve our goals in life, our mindset needs to match those aspirations. And this is exactly what I pack into my free weekly newsletter. As a free subscriber, you receive the Mastering Your Mindset newsletter once per week, where I break down step-by-step processes to master your mindset and practical growth tips. If you haven't subscribed, but you enjoy the content I drop on this podcast, then you're missing out. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe for free to the Mastering Your Mindset newsletter. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. We all know that getting an education is important. But what about the things we learn outside of the classroom? We all know that there's no magic number of years of schooling that will make us successful. If there were, it would be 10. 10 mindset lessons, that is. These are the ones we learn in life regardless of where we go to school or how many degrees we earn. These are worth more than any diploma or piece of paper. Success isn't defined by a number. It's defined by our mindset. And who better to teach us these than history's greatest thinkers and philosophers? These 10 mindset lessons are worth more than 10 years of school. 
Number one, the world is yours to shape. The world is a very malleable place. If you know what you want and you go for it with maximum energy and drive and passion, the world will often reconfigure itself around you much more quickly and easily than you would think. Mark Andreessen, the world around us becomes what we want it to become. Everything we see that we hear, all of these perceptions are built in the greatest factory in the world, our minds. The output and finished product of that factory are completely up to us. We direct the manufacturing, the materials we use, and the equipment. Psychologists have found that our subconscious mind interprets what it hears very literally. And because of this, the words that come out of our mouth create the reality we inhibit. Our external environment is often a reflection of our internal one, which means that if we choose to produce cheap products, if we focus on toxic products, that's exactly what our world becomes. One filled with toxic people, cheap and shallow ambitions. And we blame our environment when in reality, it was us that released all that toxic waste. Now, there's a light at the end of this tunnel because each of us has the ability to shut off that spigot. Each of us has the ability to focus on quality products in our factory. We have the ability to control those we surround ourselves with. When we focus on that which we control, our world and lives become so much easier. Now, when I say easier, I don't mean life becomes a breeze. I mean that it's easier for us to see the world filled with opportunities, which means we can focus on the things that matter. And doing so means we find greater happiness. Number two, the creators of the world you live in were just people too. Everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that other people can use. Steve Jobs. Whoever it is that we look up to for whatever reason, for whatever accomplishments, for whatever character traits, they are simply people like you and me. They are relatively ordinary people who made themselves extraordinary. We need to understand that each of us, we have those same opportunities to become extraordinary. This thinking is critical because when we do, it means we too have the capacity inside us to develop a growth mindset, to become our own heroes. It's all too often that most of us think we can't stand up and stand out, do the right thing, be helpful. We think that it's something only extraordinary people do. This is actually a learned behavior. Change and transformation is a choice 
that we make. We're all responsible for going beyond our comfort zone to give it meaning and live it passionately and authentically. We're all leaders and heroes, thought leaders, people leaders, and the perfect CEOs of our own lives. The question is, what are the values you want to project as your own hero? Number three, your imagination is your greatest asset. Every child is born with a vivid imagination, but just as a muscle grows flabby with disuse, so the bright imagination of a child pales in the later years if he ceases to exercise it. Walt Disney. Each of us has a remarkable gift, a gift we can use to uncover the deeper levels of our purpose and our vision. And this gift is not only remarkable because of those two things, but because it also helps us sustain us through times when it seems impossible and we falter a little. This gift is one that we all have, one that we used as a child every day, but as we got older, we put it back on the shelf in storage to collect dust. And it slowly faded away to the point where we forgot about the joy that it can bring to our lives. It's our imagination. Imagination is what drives us to dream dreams and follow our goals. It colors the landscape of our day-to-day existence and informs us of our passions and of our creativity. Imagination is fundamental to helping us open our hearts and to live in the most profound and loving ways. Because without this gift of imagination, we cannot feel empathy or sorrow for another individual's circumstances or joy in moments of achievements. By using and leveraging the wonderful gift of imagination, we can visualize ourselves achieving whatever it is we want to achieve. Visualization is often a spot that reminds us, a place that reminds us we're not a failure, that we can do it because we visualized ourselves doing it. We are in control of our own achievements and our own depth of commitment to others. All we have to do is use that amazing asset of ours and rediscover the childlike joy in a world of potential and endless possibilities. Number four, a boring path is the greatest enemy to living a good life. Either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. Benjamin Franklin. It's often that we think failure is the enemy. However, boredom is the greatest enemy. What would happen if we took a completely different approach to our lives in regards to boredom? What if we measured our lives not by achievements, but by how much boredom we could avoid? Would we live life differently? Would we accomplish less? Or by eliminating the things that dull us, would we end up completing more interesting things? Our lives are too short to waste on uninteresting pursuits, 
Too many people have the false idea that success requires putting up with years of boredom to get what we want. I'd argue the opposite. The more boredom we tolerate in our lives, the fewer meaningful things we are accomplishing. And I want to be clear, frustration and boredom are not the same thing. Many people confuse the two. They are actually opposites. Frustration is the result of a challenge being too hard. Boredom is the result of a challenge being too easy. Facing those abstract failures makes us better. Tolerating boredom makes us dull. Number five, growth begets happiness. In order to really find happiness, you need to continue looking for opportunities that you believe are meaningful, in which you will be able to learn new things to succeed and be given more and more responsibility to shoulder. Clayton Christensen. Sometimes it is easier to notice what's going wrong in our lives rather than what's going right. When stress threatens to take over our lives, it is up to us to choose how to respond to that experience of stress. No matter what stressful events enter our lives, it is always our choice to respond to the situation with an attitude of mindfulness, alertness, and intention, or not. The expression of gratitude in the face of adversity means much more than simply looking on the bright side or ignoring the reality of painful truths. The authentic expression of gratitude during times of stress includes appreciation for the abundance in our lives, in whatever form abundance may take. Maybe that means gratitude for the opportunity to learn valuable lessons or find meaning in suffering. A professor at the University of California discovered that 40% of one's happiness is determined solely by behavioral choices. While many factors in life are out of our direct control, it is crucial to maintain awareness of the things which are within our control. Things like our attitude, our thoughts, and our behaviors. Take a moment to ask yourself, how willing am I to get committed to a daily gratitude practice for the next week? Mindfully observe any ways, large or small, that the active expression of gratitude impacts your levels of happiness. Number six, the best way to learn is to do. That's why the philosophers warn us not to be satisfied with mere learning, but to add practice and then training. For as time passes, we forget what we learned and end up doing the opposite. Epictetus. As humans, we are great gatherers of things, of information. But that gathering doesn't mean much if we don't put action behind it. Regardless of how unprepared you may think you are, there is no better way to learn than to do. When we simply gather information and fail to take action, we miss important pieces of information that cannot be printed in a book or watched on YouTube. No matter how much information we take in, action will always determine 
the outcome. We learn by doing. The only way a swimmer in the Olympics mastered their sport was by first jumping into the pool. The idea that we need to wait for the perfect time to do anything is a crock of shit. The only reason our mind tells us these types of things is because it's scared. There is no good time for anything. There is no right time for anything. These are simply distractions and ideas that are fabricated in our minds to pull us away from action and leverage fear to delay. The only way to understand if we can or can't is simply by doing. The feedback loop created by action creates an increase in data to sit and overthink if we can or can't rather than jumping towards action is a form of self-torture. Impossible is a word for those that have not seen the possible. When we unlock doors of opportunity, we get to take a peek at bigger and more meaningful opportunities. You can either watch life happen or make life happen. Number seven, carve time to think. I insist on a lot of time being spent every day to just sit and think. That is very uncommon in American business. I read and I think. So I do more reading and thinking and make less impulse decisions than most people in business. Warren Buffett. There's a very fitting short story to this idea. One where a person encounters a man who's been working for five hours to saw down a tree. The person suggests that the man take a break and sharpen the saw so that his work will go faster. I don't have time to sharpen the saw, the man says. I'm too busy sawing. Sound familiar? Sharpening the saw, which includes finding time to think, is one of those activities that is important but not urgent for most people. Because of this, we never or rarely get around to it. So... How can we carve out time, create a thinking hour at least once per week? And this thinking hour only has one condition. You can't have any noise or other distractions because you need to record any ideas and you need to stay with it for an hour straight. Everything from quality of life to work, relationships to health are all based on the quality of the ideas we have. So, the question remains, how do we go about setting up this thinking hour? There's a few different approaches, but first, set some objectives. Before we start a thinking session, we should identify what we want to think about. By setting objectives and goals for our thinking hour, we avoid the otherwise unavoidable boredom and confusion by trying to think about everything. Next, simply write. Get a pad of paper and a pencil and just write out your thoughts. Writing helps both with directing our thoughts and recording them on paper. Or we can do a mind storm. Write down the numbers 1 to 20 on a piece of paper and don't stop until you've filled the entire list with ideas. Or simply talk. Grab your phone and start recording yourself. Talking to ourselves turns up the volume on our thoughts and helps us stay focused on one direction of thought. Remember, 
don't think like a hammer. All things to a hammer simply look like a nail. When we spend our weeks hammering away, we fail to realize we can simply pick up a screwdriver. Number eight, live a life designed around your own path, not competing with someone else's. Do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. Ralph Waldo Emerson. From the moment we start crawling, we're programmed to look to those around us and mimic what they're doing. A huge part of growing up is simply learning to replicate others' actions in order to fit in with family, friends, and society. However, there is a huge benefit to walking our own path. Experimentation and finding our own path are crucial to success. This experimentation allows us to find our own formula. And we can't buy the formula to success. We have to discover it on our own. Finding our own path also creates a creative circle. We have to be creative in order to do something new. And by using that part of our brain repeatedly, we become better at thinking creatively. When we follow someone else's footsteps, exactly, we're essentially just checking items off a list. When we come up with that checklist ourselves and develop the entire strategy behind it, all of our neurons start firing. We start coming up with ideas on how to approach things in a different way, one that aligns better with our lives. The more we work on thinking a little differently than everyone else, the better we get at it. On top of this, one of the most important aspects of finding our own path is the feeling we get when we realize we've done something great. There's something about following our own path that's extremely empowering. Ultimately, if we want to succeed, if we want to jump leaps and bounds beyond the crowd, if we want to perform at our best, we need to follow our own path. Because in any field, you'll quickly reach a point where everyone is talented and works hard. Everyone knows the game inside and out. There are no easy wins anymore. If we're going to succeed, we have to be able to do something a little different to make a unique move. Number nine, be flexible in your path. The process of planning is very valuable for forcing you to think hard about what you are doing, but the actual plan that results from it is probably useless. Venkatesh Rao, we should welcome challenges. Change is a good thing. Getting stuck in the comfort zone is one of the biggest killers of progress and growth. In an environment of comfortability, we tend to miss out on reps. And this means that we're not building the muscle of growth. Change gives us the reps we need to grow, which means that we become adaptable. We should see challenges, change, and adversity as opportunities rather than threats and a negative. This allows us to be flexible and agile. We should harness our mental strength to give us the ability to see the obstacles in our path as stepping stones. By doing so, 
when we encounter these struggles, we become inspired by the knowledge, specifically that it's not a dead end, but a path to deeper knowledge and understanding. We need to tolerate discomfort for a greater purpose. Number 10, who you admire is who you become. The best thing I did was choose the right heroes. Warren Buffett. At a fundamental level, we are social beings who need references in order to make sense of the different ways in which we can be human in this world. For better or worse, other people are role models that either expand or limit our vision of what's possible for ourselves. Knowing who we admire can help us better reconnect with ourselves. It can also give us a sense of trust that we are not alone on our path. We should ask ourselves, who are two people that I really admire? Why do I admire them? Qualities, contribution, way of being. What does this say about what matters to me and who I am? Beyond these questions, we can also think about who we are jealous of. Yes, that might sound strange. However, within jealousy, there is a lot of wisdom to find about our deeper needs and desires. We can use a joyful kind of jealousy, one where we recognize the feeling, but instead of nurturing negative thoughts around it, we take it as a recognition of what we would like to create in our lives. This week's shout-out is by Kremned, who wrote a review on Apple. I actually saw this show by accident when I decided to finally listen to podcasts. And man, this is one of my greatest blessings this year. Thank you, Scott, for all of your wisdom I get from this show. More power to you. For an opportunity to be next week's shout-out, please leave an honest review on the podcast. Send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram. Who knows? You just might be the next shout-out. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed my deep dive into 10 mindset lessons worth more than 10 years of school. If you enjoyed this episode, and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Motivated Scott. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all, and thanks so much for listening. Motivated Mind is a legacy division.